Welcome back to another episode of The Ordinary Experience. Today I have with me my new favourite guy in the world, Pre. What's happening, G? I'm oh, all good, man. I'm all good, man. How's it going with you, bro? I'm well. I'm well. Thanks for, thanks for having me on your podcast yesterday. I really enjoyed it. And thanks for filling in on this cheeky little episode this week. Oh, mate, I'm more, more than happy to be on here, mate. More than happy. Let's just get straight to it, right? I've got to ask the big question. Fuck's sakes. Why, why Jay Shetty? Why Jay Shetty Fulfillment? Why f- fulfillment coach? I need to understand because it, like at the end of the day, there is a real lack of understanding about what you sell, what you do. Mm. Like, because essentially you're selling just untangible things. Explain this to me, man. Explain this to me. Because oh. I've had I've had a a personal coach. I've had I've for three weeks and mm. talked to him once a week. It was great chat. Not a lot of people see the value in that. Go for it. So uh, I'll answer the first one because I know Mumsy wanted that answer, right? <laughs> Mumsy wants the answer. So I chose Jay Shetty and his course uh, purely based on the fact that my story was I went, I was meant to go traveling for all of 2020 and 2021, just get out there, do some charity work, a couple months out in um, Kenya, maybe do some school work, go to South Africa, do some animal work. I'm a big David Attenborough guy, so I want to do some conservation work. That couldn't happen. So when I came home, I kind of, I didn't want to get into a full-time role straight away. Mm. All right. For me, it was important that I did something where I could just gain some skills. And my cousins were saying to me, look, Pri, why don't you just do one of these personal development courses? Like it's, it's priceless. In the long term, it's priceless that like you're going to take those skills and you're going to just learn from it. Fantastic. So I was looking up coaching courses and there were a few that came to mind and I've been following Jay for a while and Jay's a local boy. He's from Watford. I'm Northwest London, so he's from Watford, very close. And I felt if I was going to invest my money into something, I'd rather do it with, I don't know him, but I know some of my friends know of him and know him Mm. from like the Watford temple and stuff. So it just seemed like a right fit to get it into, you know, I, I'm allowed to swear, right? Yeah, of course, absolutely. Yeah, so I fuck with his his vision and what he wants to do. I like the platform he's got, mm. and whether or not I am his cup of tea, whether his style—I don't bring his style to my coaching personally. I am a bit more of a Tony Robbins kind of. I'm, I bring a lot more energy. I'd like okay. to say, right? That's kind of my vibe. But I I love his message. And it's based on that that I thought, you know what? Well, I think this is a good place for me to invest my money and see where it goes from there. And it turned out to be the best thing I've ever did. I'm not going to lie to you, bro. Like, So how does the course work? Like, do you go in and he speaks? Are there like uh, activities that you do? What makes, what, what basically, because at the end of the day, you get a certification saying, I've completed yeah. this course, right? But what yeah. means that you're actually able to, you know, sell that, that particular mm. skill that you now have? So I'm not sure if it's changed the structure, but for me, when I signed up, you have content, which is all pre-recorded. You have to go through the content. It's just the learning material, right? Okay. Jay's got his own framework of coaching and you just basically go through that, which is fantastic. Uh, Very insightful, bunch of exercises in there that you practice on yourself, which is amazing. Um, You have a lot of self-study and self-reflection you have to do. And then the great thing about the course is you have supervised sessions that you have to knock out so with that you practice your coaching 
Mm-hmm. So I practice my coaching and you get feedback on that. So you learn on the go, which is, I don't think many other schools do that. So that's always a, a bonus. The feedback you get is, it's great because you learn how you can alter your style, right? Because coaching straight up, and I know so many coaches who do this, you're not really meant to ethically, you're not allowed to, you're not meant to advise, right? Because what works for me is never going to work for you. I'm not here to help just give you my advice. I'm here to help you unlock what you already know because you already have the answers. Mm -hmm. The the problem is where you don't take action on those answers you already know, right? So this this is what I got taught from the school. So the feedback sessions were fantastic, but it's the community that you get from it, which I didn't notice it to begin with. I didn't think anything of it. I thought, let me just get the course knocked out in a few months, fine. But we have weekly sessions with uh, with a supervisor and there's a team. So there's a group of you, all our students, 40 of us, 50 of us meeting every week, talking, having coaching sessions, et cetera, and just exploring different ideas where we are within the course. Fantastic. Honestly, fantastic. I've met friends right now. And it was crazy because the people I speak to more often are from the coaching school and they're all based all over the world. I rarely speak to my friends as often just because we have that same vibe, that same hype. Um, We all have that same purpose in mind. Right. And you know, this, there's this thing about you are the average of the five people that you spend most of your time with. But I realized that I used to spend a lot of time with all my friends and stuff and they were all working in corporate or they were doing this and the other, they're getting engaged, et cetera. Some of these lot within the coaching school, their purpose and their drive to like want to help certain individuals. So I've got mums that want to help parents out. I've got lawyers who want to help school kids out in terms of coaching. And it's fantastic just being in that environment because I can share my view on things. They can share their view on my things. We learn together. And from that, once you graduate, you're now part of an alumni, which has just taken it one step further. And Jay pops in every now and then, which has been fantastic to do like live videos with us and we're able to just like interact with him. So it's been, been really, really a, a good experience for me. I'm not going to lie. So to get on to the second part of that question, like how does, is there a difference between being a coach and being a fulfillment coach? Is there a, no. it's the same no thing, just different name. So everyone has a niche, right? You can be a transformational coach. You can be a mindset coach. You can be a, a sports coach. You can, I put the word fulfillment is something more personal towards me. Okay. Right. So fulfillment comes from this idea of, and it kind of ties into my story. I left the corporate world because I wasn't fulfilled. Mm. All right. I was satisfied. It was okay. Good money, ACA, chartered accountant, loving life now. Right. Mm-hmm. I could leave, go into an industry role at the age of 25, 26, 25, 26. Good money, sitting around, maybe getting into property. It's fine. But that was, that's what it all it was for you. It was just fine. Mm. And I was tired of just being fine. I wanted to be fulfilled. And during my experience whilst working in, in the accounting world, I realized for me personally, I helped a lot of people. I motivated a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It was within my teams. If someone was going through a tough time, breakups, relationships, they just don't understand the work. I'd be that guy that'd come in, sit them down, take them out for lunch, find out what their real issues were to see if I could help them in some way. So I felt I could be fulfilled in that role, but it just wasn't for me. You know, for me, being fulfilled was to go out and do some charity work. And so that's why I went out there for it. And now when I coach, I want to help people live the life they truly want or truly deserve to be living. And that's kind of like my slogan I put out there. I, I really feel that you don't have to do the things you want to do you don't have to do the things you feel like you have to do mm-hmm. you know what i mean like if you want to do something go out and do it and i fulfillment for me is six out of ten lifestyle it's okay you know but i realize life is too short 
and you shouldn't just do things for the sake of it. If anything, what COVID and the pandemic has taught us that life is social, you know? And for me personally, I want to make sure I go out and give it to my all and doing something that fulfills me with joy and happiness. And so what's going to fill me with joy and happiness? Helping people. Mm -hmm. So I call myself a fulfillment coach. In all honesty. I like that. I'm on a similar vibe of when I went through my my trip in India. I say trip. It wasn't a literal trip. It was a, a... a mental experience or uh, whatever you want to call it. I, I came to the same realization that I want to help people. And I was building an app at the time. And I mentioned this before, but that app was just basically to stop people making the same mistakes I did. And I realized how much joy I get when I help people, when I help people learn something, when I help people you know, do something well. We had a conversation offline regarding you um, boosting your your YouTube, your 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 podcast setup, right? Mm. The fact that you asked me to help you is it's is crazy, right? Phenomenal, phenomenal. It's crazy. The smallest thing, and all I'm going to do is send you a, an Amazon link, and that's it. But I feel I feel so good when someone reaches out and be like, "Viraj, can you help me with something?" And I'm like, "I I'm figuring this out just like you. This is the information that I have." Let's have a conversation around it and let's see if we can learn together. Because that's it. I'm just trying to bring everyone up. I don't I don't want to be the guy that's pulling everyone. I think there's a difference there. I don't want to pull everyone up and put them put the weight on my shoulders. My shoulders weren't built to carry that much. But I can deal with my own weight and I can I can give you the information to let you deal with your own weight. And that's just that's just kind of like what the whole my whole YouTube ethos is, is like being the best version of yourself and going down that path. But it's crazy, though, that what you just said right there, you've added value. Mm. Now, if I take what you give to me and I, let's say I kill up YouTube or my Instagram just goes viral or something like that, it's because of you. Yeah. And you and what and behind closed doors, you have helped me get there. And that's just a beautiful feeling. And I know with my coaching sessions, this is what made me realize I need to do it full time. I had grown men and grown women I was speaking to coaching them and asking them the most simple of questions mm-hmm. got them to break down got them to actually say to themselves shit pre like i've been not been doing this for like my entire life and fuck and seeing that realization knowing that you've made a difference right now and they're going to take action from it whether or not they work with you or not is entirely irrelevant mm-hmm. the fact that i've made a difference I know they're now going to make a difference right. and what they don't realize by them making a difference that they are serving my purpose and helping people in general, you know, they're going to help out with their, their partners, their kids work. It, it's fulfillment is being spread. And so it's when people say to me, like, what's your reaction? Like when you coach them, I, I get speechless when I see someone break down and when I see someone have that moment where they're like, shit, I need to change my life now. I really want more words can't explain what it does for me but the feeling is that warm it feels giddy it feels great and when I finish that call I'm so pumped and I never got that in my nine to five and the reason why I do this because I can stay up for around 10 11 at night having a coaching call whether it's on clubhouse and it's quite informal or whether it's not it's me speaking to someone in America I will do that I get a buzz from it and I've never had this buzz before so I'm gonna keep running with it until uh well hopefully no one till we're just gonna keep running with it basically you know what you're the first person to use that analogy of it. Like, it gives me a buzz. I call it Matthew McConaughey in Matthew McConaughey in his book. Like, it says it perfectly for me. It's like, do what turns you on. And it's the equivalent of that. 
And I'm like, yes. you're the first person that said it the way I say it and has the same look in his eyes. And I'm like, yeah, you know, he knows what I'm talking about. That's he knows it. exactly what I like. This is just what the podcast is about. I just enjoy it. YouTube, I just enjoy it. It's difficult. Don't get me wrong. It's difficult. It's some of the hardest stuff to do, right? You know, you can build a business and whatnot. You can outsource all of that. But at the end of the day with YouTube, it's like, it's you and the camera initially. And you're filming stuff or whether you're, whether you're doing a voiceover and that's going out there, it's because the feedback is instantaneous or it can be at least. Mm. That, and then you've got to iterate on that and get better and better and better every single day. Like you can, you can physically see how well you're doing in terms of analytics compared to a business where you've got to kind of, yes, you can, but it's a little more uh, out there. You've got to wait mm. for customers to come to you. You've got to market well and things like that. Like with, with the stuff that we do in terms of the YouTube and the podcast, you have to be on point 24-7-365. And you get caught up in that cycle. And I guess the question I'm getting to is, when does it stop? When does, because obviously you've got, we talked on your podcast. When is that coming out, by the way? Oh, uh, in two weeks time, I reckon. Shameless plug. Two weeks time. <laughs> Shameless plug. We talked on your podcast about skins and uh me being a chameleon and maybe i just want to flip that question to you obviously the coaching is uncle pre but mm. you know i know you as as pre i know you as priesh so how do you how do you transverse that that kind of fine line so for me uh uncle pre and pre are the exact same mm. right uncle pre is a label and i'll get into why i call myself uncle um I, so I am. I have been a chameleon at times where I used to maybe be someone else in certain environments, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then I realized I'm never my authentic self. I'm wearing a filter when I'm at work, mm. where sometimes I have to feel like I have to be a bit more polite. You know, I can't be as road or as as normal as I'd like to be. I like to use the word normal. I like to be authentic. And the reason why I stepped into coaching was because I could be myself. I had four months without no haircut, bro. Yeah. And I will turn up to my coaching calls with my hoodie on if I felt my hair was all over the place or a cap. Cap I'd turn to the side, to the front, don't care, joggers on. I can be my authentic self in any environment. And I had a client say to me, oh, I talked about having to look professional. I said, Do I look professional right now? No. I said, Do I sound professional right now? No. I said, oh, Exactly. But I'm giving you the service you want and I'm helping you start seeing things so much more differently right now, right? I'm coaching you. And he says, Yeah, you are. I said, It doesn't matter about your appearance. And so the reason. Um, like we talked about being comfortable in your skin. One thing I realized through this whole experience is that I am comfortable in my own skin. Mm -hmm. I can have a beard up to here. I can have my hair all over the place and I can still do my job. Mm. I don't need no one judging me right now. I don't, I don't, it doesn't phase me anymore. And that's been a big transformational change. So I am comfortable in my own skin. I can adapt to certain environments. If I'm speaking to someone older, I'm not going to come in all guns blazing and speak maybe with a bit more of a twang, but my energy levels aren't going to change. You know, like I say, I'm kind of like a Tony Robbins where I have no bullshit when I coach. So you've got to be mindful of who you're speaking to. Mm. So I'll adapt that based on the conversation. But my idea is to build rapport so I can be me all the time with you. And you get the most real experience you want from a coach. You're not just going to pay for something that's, yeah, because you talked about it being intangible, right? Mm -hmm. What I bring to the table is very different to other people. And I can't, I can't distinguish how i'm different i just know i'm different mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i know what i'm going to say to you in this session right now on this coaching call is going to change the game for you and if i feel like i'm not serving you i'm the kind of person that's going to say you know what have you got 10 20 minutes extra cool we're adding it on we need to dig deeper this is on me 
I'm that kind of guy because I really want to serve. I really want to help. And my energy levels are just, they're nuts, man. They're nuts. Like when you get me in that environment, it's a game changer. That is, that is interesting. Why? Because you, it's weird because obviously I come from, I've seen Jay Shetty's content and obviously I see you and I see your content. But the way you talk, you talk with the same energy as he does. Mm. And so it's like finding, like realizing that you're your own person just because you come from his school doesn't mean that you follow. It's not that you've got the same principles. It's like you're your own version of that. It's just exactly. he's laid the foundation for you. Um, I, just to backtrack a little, does the name does the name ever bring up any bad uh, like bad blood, not bad blood? Does it hinder you in any way, the fact that you've gone to his school and not someone else's? It's funny, when I got my coach and I said, oh, yeah, I've trained her at the Jay Shetty school, they're like, who's that? And so really? it was. I found that interesting because the guy's got like a million followers on Instagram and he's taken over a scene and his podcast is incredible with the guests that he brings on. Um, there have been times where, you look, Jay's not everyone's fan and he knows that. Mm. And he's fine with it. And it's exactly like me. I'm not everyone's cup of tea. You know, I've turned down people purely based on the fact that it's just not going to work. You know, you're not, we're not going to vibe together. I'm not going to give you the best service possible because you, me and you are not on the same wavelength. And I get that. I get that. And I think with Jay's school, there has, I think a lot of people dislike him for certain reasons. Don't know. Some people have called him out just saying he talks shit. Like, I don't think he talks shit. There are some things, I'll be honest with you, there are some things I don't agree with what he says. But I think at the same time, I accept the fact that the way he teaches and his vision, I fuck with that. He wants to make wisdom go viral. Yeah, so do I, in my own way. I have my own branch out of this whole vision and it's totally fine. And I'll go about it my own path. I don't have to follow him. Mm -hmm. to, uh, do you know what I mean? But his foundations and what he's taught me and what he stands for, I resonate with that. And so, again, like I've been in a few clubhouse chats and a few people have said to me like, please don't tell me why you've invested in him. Why have you invested in him? Like, what are you doing? I like his story. I really like his story. There's something about him. There is something I see authentic and you don't have to mm -hmm. see it. Agreed. It's my money. Don't worry about it. It's all gravy. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, don't get me wrong. I can go do other coaching schools and I still may just to improve myself. But mm -hmm. at the same time, like it felt at the right thing to do at that time. And I have no regrets with the decision I made to join this school. It's been the best experience of my life so far. Like Viraj, when I say I have opened up and I've broken down myself from being coached mm -hmm. and learning so much about me, things that I thought were just going fine for me. I realized I had these limiting beliefs, bro. I felt unworthy and not good enough for the last 20 years of my life. And having that realization and breaking down in front of someone and me seeing a new lifestyle, game changer. And I wouldn't have let's, got that let's, if I wasn't let's, there. Let's, let's, let's explain that, right? Because that is oh, something that's gosh. quite deep. <laughs> Look, we, we could go back and forth on this. I've had my own versions of that. But let's start with you. Okay, so how did you, these limiting beliefs, where do they stem from? What, in your, in your explanation, what are they? Like, how, how have they affected you? So I've, I've talked about it in an Instagram video. So I'll touch base into a few of the things that turned mm. up there. Um, essentially, I think in life and Again, not my parents' fault. And I'm not going to say parents, not my dad's fault in particular, because he is the culprit. Unintentionally, expectation levels were put on me. Okay. All right. I, I was very smart at school. And 
um, was predicted good, great stuff. And I realized that I didn't get that kind of love from my dad. And I'm not sure, it's his own style, it's his own style, but I never mm-hmm. got that. So I never felt worthy of love from a yes. young age. And I molded that within me, like this is just a new normal, I guess I've just got to get on with it, right? And the way I saw my dad behave and my granddad behave and my family behave were people pleasers. You know, we want to put everyone out, we look after each other. And so I molded that into me, that this is the new norm. I have to please other people. Well, that is very much the Indian community, right? Right. Uh, but when you do it from a place where you don't feel good enough, mm-hmm. that's where it's fucked up. Like right now, I'm still a people pleaser with my coaching, but I know I'm good enough. It's a big difference. And that shift has changed the game for me. So there was times where I used to play football. And when I went to university, I used to sit back in defence, bro, purely based on the fact that I didn't feel good enough to play anywhere else on the pitch. I didn't feel technically good enough. So in my mind, I'll do the dog work. I'll sit back and I'll just play deep because that's all I ever knew. Mm-hmm. And then I made myself good in that position. When I used to go on a night out, when I was 18, I used to go to Oceana Watford. I'd be the only one that collected everyone's money so we got a cab on the way home. I wouldn't get myself drunk because I didn't feel I was good enough to get drunk, I had to look after everyone else. And it was weird. Bro, my ex, if she ever listens to this yeah, and I hope she listened to my um, video as well on IGTV, I think she did. I used to be that kind of grumpy kid, right? When we used to go out, sometimes she'd want to cuddle me, I'm like, get away from me kind of thing, like, like back off a little kind of thing. I didn't feel worthy of love. And in my mind, after, if we used to argue and stuff, I'd be like, why the fuck have I just done that? But I couldn't admit it. I didn't feel worthy of love. And it was weird because it used to get me feeling depressed, lonely, angry at times. And it wasn't until I had this transformation where I realized what a life of being, or what unworthiness felt like, what it would continue to do for me and what the flip side of it could be. Well, how would you feel if you were never unworthy? You always felt good enough. What does that lifestyle look like for you? Well, you know what? My coaching business is going to go up the roof because I ain't never going to feel like shit. You know, when I play football right now, I can do whatever the fuck I want and actually enjoy myself. And I do. Bro, you see me on the pitch trying to do a step over right now. And it's one of the funniest things to see, but it works. And it's crazy. Like my gym transformation, I always felt like I wasn't good enough to actually have abs and look a certain way. I've invested in myself in a PT and a coach. And bro, I'm looking fire right now. I've got myself to a weight I have never been at since I first started uni. You know, mm-hmm. things are happening because I actually feel I'm worth it right now. So what did and you do to get to that point, to get to this point that you're at now? Like what? So everyone's going to do their own thing. Mm. Everyone's going to do their own thing. For me personally, I got fortunate. One of my supervisors is an NLP practitioner. So that's NLP is, program. Do, yeah, okay. And we got offered a, an opportunity to work with her for like a number of sessions. And I took it, again, not really seriously for like the first few. As soon as we touched onto limiting beliefs and we talked about unworthiness and she really taps into the subconscious. I've, out of nowhere, I just started breaking down and crying. I'm thinking, shit, this is hitting home. There's a reason why, like, for me in relationships, and this is something, well, personal, but when, I'm, when I've been in a relationship, I never walk out of a relationship. I think I've walked out of one where I didn't feel right at the time, but I never walk out of relationships because I don't feel I'm good enough to work out, walk out of a relationship. I would let them break my heart rather than me break theirs. Okay. It's weird. And throughout that whole process of life, I've just really, I just thought this is just something I should do. You know, my granddad's one of the kindest persons out there. He's a people pleaser. You know, he puts everyone else there first. My dad does the same thing. And for me, I'm like, this is all I know. 
Mm. This is all I know. And then when I looked at life of what it could be like, why you could still people please, but actually put your worth there. It was crazy. At work, this is nuts, bro. I used to give, I used to have my own hierarchy where I was here and everyone else was here. And for some reason, it's just the way it was. If I ever needed help, I knew I could never ask anyone else. But if anyone else needed help, yeah, I've got you. Mm. It was weird, bro. And it was in my mind. I just felt this is who I am as a person. And then I realized that's not the case anymore. Fuck that, man. I don't have to be that person anymore. That's a lot of rewiring. Bro, it's, when I say it's the biggest game changer for me in life, like I can't thank my NLP, NLP practitioner enough. Like made me see life in a new light. So now when I put myself out in the dating scene, when I put myself out as a coach, I turn up. I'm not afraid to pitch my prices to someone. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like to me, pretty that's expensive. I'm like, yeah, it is. I know what I bring to the table though. You're either in or you're not. There's a level of confidence there. It's crazy when I have an argument right now of like family and stuff, I'm willing to back myself, but I'm very calm. I'm not getting angry. I'm not on this defensive mode where I feel like I need to back myself. Mm-hmm. I am good enough. I don't need to prove my worth to anyone. I'm, I'm good. I'm proving myself to myself. I don't need to prove myself to you. If I post something on Instagram and it looks funny, I don't care about the likes anymore. It's, it's so weird, bro. And it's been such a transformational change for me. Like I can't explain how beneficial it is. And this is why I'm in this field right now. I want to help people go through that process, whether it's through me or through not. Mm-hmm. If you go get yourself another coach, you go get yourself a therapist, a counselor, whatever it is, go get the assistance you really want because it's priceless. And you can hear it I in my agree. voice right now. My voice I has agree. changed. Yeah, It's priceless. There's so much passion coming from me when I say this and I can't stress how important it is if you feel a certain way right now. If you don't want to feel that anymore, uh-huh. go get that help. And if you don't know who to ask, come ask me and I'll go point you in all the directions you need to find. I've and got that's- and that's what I like about you is that, and you said this explicitly on several platforms and at several times as well, you've been like, it's not about you coming to me and me holding you as a client. It's been about, and it's about, you can come to me and if this fit doesn't work, I'm pushing you off to the right person that I think will work for you. You just exactly. need, if you want to get the help that you think you need, that may or may not work for you, at least you're putting yourself out there to try try this person, try that person. Why don't you try this? Look at this. And that's what I like about what you do and the way you operate because it isn't just about you. It's about the bigger picture of what's going on Exactly. Here. I have to respect the fact that some people aren't going to be able to afford my services and that's totally cool. That's totally fine. When I, when I look at the situation and I look at the bigger picture from my perspective, I'm thinking of it as if I help you increase your confidence, what is that doing for you long-term? Mm-hmm. Promotions, improve your relationships, actually getting a partner, standing up for yourself more often, what's that worth to you? You can't put a price tag behind it. So when I ask you for this amount, why are you shying away from it? Totally cool if you can't afford it. I respect your situation. People have been put on furlough. People have been made redundant. It's not easy, but there are alternatives out there. I just know my worth. You can go to a Weatherspoons or you can go to the Shard. And I'm not saying I'm the Shard right now, but you can. You have, you have variety and you have choices. And I put myself in a category where I thought I am worth this much. I know what I'm going to bring to you. If you want it, you want it. You don't, let me find you the best person I can. Mm-hmm. Now, I had a bunch of people from India reach out to me. Bless them, bless them, because the standard of life in India is very, very different mm-hmm. compared to the standard of life here. Absolutely. I knew, I knew I couldn't serve them. And the first thing I did was I jumped onto my school website and I said, who here is based in India? I have a bunch of people who I reckon could definitely be benefited by your level of coaching. I just can't do it. Please get at me. Mm -hmm. 
my mindset is already there. I had, I would have people say to me, oh, look, Pri, I can't afford this. This is all I can afford. If I can't create a package for them, cool. I know five other people right now who have just started their coaching programs. They charge a similar amount. I'm going, I'm going to give you their details. You reach out to them if you feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Go do your research on them if you want. But they know that they're going to know right now that you may be interested. I'll hook you up. And if you do want to work with me after that, fantastic. But it's obviously going to cost more. I try to make it as affordable as I can for my clients, honestly. I'm not about people not getting that support, put it that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. I understand. I understand. That's, that's beautiful, actually. The fact that you're, you're seeing the bigger vision of everything that's going on here and it's not just a money grab. Because, like, mm. like I said, you're selling an intangible product and people don't see the changes necessarily instantaneously. People see the changes, you know, five years down the line, potentially, when, they, when you look back, and like, as we always say, hindsight's twenty twenty. you look back and you're like, oh, shit, I've come this far. But bro, do you, know what it, do you know what it is? You said that they don't see the changes. If someone works with me for three months or six months and I back my source right now, mm-hmm. yeah? oh, there's no guarantee I'm going to increase my confidence. So there's no guarantee I'm going to get to my business goals. Yeah. They, do, you know what, do you know what the problem is there? You don't back yourself. Mm-hmm. You're coming to me right now because you want some accountability. I'll hold you accountable. You're going to take action. Okay, cool. Go take your action. But if you so don't believe do you, you're going to get there, that's your problem. How do you that's learn, your limited belief. How do you learn about a person then? Like in those, in those intro chats that you must have with them. Yeah. How do you learn their personality, who, who they are, what they're wanting? Because so, someone can say something, I can say something to you, but I actually might mean something else completely. And like, how yeah. do you navigate that and figure that out? So I think over time you can hear it when people speak, like their tones go up and down and you can really get a vibe when something's quite sensitive and when something isn't. Right? I've had people who want to work with me in regards to like business goals and fitness goals, etc. Cool. To me, I see that as an irrelevant byproduct of the coaching process. It's going to be a transformation that happens in between because I've had like say coaches that want to work with me. Coaches want to work with me. I don't know how to fucking coach a coach. I'm still learning myself, but I'll still, I can coach you. Cool. They want to get more clients. Well, what do you need to start doing? And you already know the action steps you need to take. Why aren't you taking them? Resistance. I'm not confident enough to speak to people. I don't know how to sell. I haven't got a website yet. All of these other excuses that come up. All right, cool. What do you need to do? And when, when it comes to like that intro call, find out where their problems are by just asking them those questions that get them thinking a bit deeper. So, so I like try and go as deep as your, I can. You're putting yeah. areas. Okay. And what I do is that I'm not making notes or whatever. I link the dots and I say to them, just put it out there from an observation. I think this is linked to this. Your confidence is being stunted by this. And this is causing the stress. Would you say I'm right? Or am I talking a lot of shit right now? I hopefully, I want you to be honest with me. They're like, now, Pri, you've, you've hit something. Yeah, it's coming from this point and this point. All right, okay, cool, fine. And I bet you feel like this right now. Yeah, you're right, Pri. And I bet that's bothering you right now. Yeah. Okay, cool. I think it's going to take us three to six months to work on this, but I know that may be more of a commitment for you than you initially intended, right? Because you want a quick fix. I can't promise you the quick fix. I'll do whatever I can in my power to help you. The reality of it is that we're going to be, we're going to build life lasting habits. We're going to help you take consistent action moving forward. You're going to be aware every time those triggers turn up, you're going to have to deal with them, Mm -hmm. but it's not going to happen overnight. Because I have to keep digging. I have to keep digging to find that root. Because when we take that root out, we're going to plant some seeds there. Some growth seeds. Do you know what I mean? I call myself the gardener because of that. Yeah, I was waiting for you to jump to that. Come on. 
Come on, but genuinely, it's the process, and some people want it very quickly. Fine, I'll do my best I can, but it does take work. Like it's taken me right now. I qualified, not qualified, I certified in July, and we're now in April. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've had what ten months. I would say by January this year, so let's say six months down the line, I was a different person in regards to my coaching style. Right. It takes work. You've got to put in the hours. You've got to put in the shift. You, I have to, I read, I educate myself. And I also learn to love myself a bit more. I practice things daily. I make it a, a non-negotiable to get certain things done. That can't be done straight over time. Someone may have to hold you accountable. I bought myself a coach, bought myself a PT. I mean, as soon as you buy things and you invest into something, you know you're going to make, you're going to want to turn up for it. Mm-hmm. If I offered my sessions for free or offered it for a very low price, I'm not doing you any justice right now because you may turn up with that energy where you shrug your shoulders. Yeah, it's only a tenner, it's only 20 quid, it's only 30 quid. I'm not losing out on a lot. Okay, cool. I charge you a bit more. You're going to be like, oh shit, I need to make the most of this. Sweet. You're going to be more invested into it. Uh-huh. And so am I because now you're more invested into it. It's, it's one of those ones, bro. I like that. It's accountability is something that's quite interesting because, mm. and I find it interesting because not everyone sort of needs it and not everyone does. And it's like, it's, it's that fine, fine balance of it. I don't need to be held accountable because I have accountability on myself. I've got to a point where, you know, I'm comfortable in the actions that I take. And, uh, you know, if I don't do yoga one day, that's okay. Like I haven't done yoga for three months and that's exactly. all right. Because I know that I did it for six months every single day. And I know if I need to, five o'clock starts, 9 p.m. Uh, 9 p.m. sleeps, I can do that instantaneously. Look, when the sun comes out, it gets a little different because you want to stay up longer and whatever. But um, some people need accountability. And I, and I, always, so, I always offer that. Like when, when someone comes online and they're like, I want to do this. Um, I want to do that. Like I've people have reached out and they've been like, Viraj, I like what you're doing. I want to do something similar. And I'm like, okay, cool. This is what you need to do. I'll hold you accountable till next, till next Tuesday. I want a YouTube video out. You've got all the skills needed. It could be the rawest version possible. Just film it on your damn phone. Download the editing software on your phone. But sometimes you just need that. And you just need a, a friend. You need a coach. You need a PT. Someone to just sit there and be like, okay, right. What have you done today? Have you, is this ready for Tuesday? Is this going to be ready? For, have you taken the necessary actions? And sometimes you need to pay for that. Some people need to have the investment. Other people don't. I feel like I don't need any, I don't need to have, I don't need to be but paid But that's the thing. That. You don't need anything, bro. The reality is you don't need it. I don't need a coach. I want to coach. Mm-hmm. The reason why I want to coach is because I want to better myself. So let's go back to your yoga situation right now, mm-hmm. right? You don't want a yoga. So that's why you've not got anyone to hold you accountable. Well, in regards to that, say, work and business and the YouTube, etc. Say you said to me, look, Pri, to be honest with you, I, I want to make sure like I've got my next 10, 20 episodes already lined up and done by the end of May. What does that mean that you have to start doing? Well, I need to start recording more on a Saturday. I need to get off Clubhouse. I need to do this. And it's okay, cool, fine. You already know the answers. The difference is is that sometimes people just want someone there for the journey. Exactly. And that's why this is another thing. So I'm the gardener, but I'm also calling myself an Uber driver as well. Okay. You step into the seat. Okay. You are the sat now. You're telling me where to go. The finish line is three months away or six months away. We're just going to carry on driving. What happens is that if you turn left, I'm going to ask you the question, do you really want to go left? Why are we deviating from the path right now? But you are basically finding your own way to that finish line. And I'm just there to help you get there. That's it. As soon as you get there, 
enjoy yourself. Do you, have, I, do you I, have clients come back to you afterwards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had people extend. And that's purely based on the fact that they didn't realize that there was so much to unpack to begin with. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the beauty of it, right? When things keep going around and around the circle, if you keep running into that wall, look, listen, if you don't want to find another way around the wall, that's on you. You know, like we can take the conversation anywhere else. It's, it's your sessions. I'm here to help you. I'm just going to work with you the best way you want it. But I'm going to remind you that what you've done right now you've just escaped a problem you actually haven't found a way of solving it or making it work for you and so when i've had clients have said to me look priya look i think we need to extend for another three months or six months and i'm like okay cool we'll make it whatever you want whatever you want i'll make it work for you because for me it's more important you get the service you really want if you can't afford it right now you want to take a break take a break if you think it's too much take a break i'm not going anywhere I'm here to serve you the best way you want it. So I try to make it affordable, flexible, whatever it is that the client wants. And by the same time, I'm not going to lose my worth in the journey as well. So, you know, when I said to you earlier, like my worthiness felt shit. Yes. If you asked me like six months ago, mm-hmm. if someone wanted to work with me, yeah, I'll do, I'll give you the discount. I'll do this. I'll do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now I'm more like, well, my hourly rate is this. I can do this many sessions for the for your budget and it'll be over this period of time. Or if I feel like I really can't do it, I'm like, it's just not worth it. I'm happy enough to say that right now and I feel confident enough to say that. Like, who wants to turn away money? Who wants to turn away business? I will if I feel like it's not going to serve you and it's not going to serve me. Mm-hmm. I'll make sure I do that. And it's, it's, a, it's a big difference. It's a big difference. Okay, let's switch gears for a moment. Hmm. What is it like? Obviously, you've got a personal life as well mm. as being a coach and how do you how do you how do you keep both up because being a coach full-time as well as maintaining a, a a new social life that we're about to have you know coming out of lockdown or whatever you know it's been this bliss period where you can work as hard as you want during lockdown because there's nowhere there's nowhere to go um how how are you going to be able to do that how do how how did you do that Clients have already booked in their calls beforehand. So I've already got my calendar already planned and prepared. A bit like we were doing the podcast, right? You already know when you're recording. You know what you're doing within the week. And I just plan accordingly. I think nowadays I have, now that we've got summer on a, in the horizon, I give myself a day off on a Friday just to get an 18 round of golfing. That's a non-negotiable for me now. Mm-hmm. Football, whenever it's on, I'm watching the footy. Um, I think... Finding that balance, I think the beautiful part about being self-employed and being um, your own boss, you make your own hours. So for instance, yesterday I had, I would coach on a weekend and that's totally fine. I'm happy to coach on a weekend. If I know my week's going to be very busy, cool, I'll plan accordingly. I know when I'm going to go to the gym, I know when I'm going to go to sleep and I just make it work. Mm-hmm. You know, I can find time to record a few episodes on the podcast as and when I have the time and when I don't cool and if I want to go out and have some fun I want to go for a few drinks I'll go for a few drinks and it's totally cool I'll just make sure the next day maybe I haven't got any coaching calls in there because you know if it gets a bit messy you know your boy hasn't really been uh, eating properly so it could just go real messy right now you know one two drinks and I'm out (laughs) Uh, I'm, I'm very much the same right now it's so I work at nine to five and I do the podcast and the YouTube and whatever, but there's a part of me that whenever I leave the house, 
I'm a bit like, <sighs> I'm missing out on something here. I'm missing mm. out on time where I can be doing this. And in the back of my head, there have been times where I've seen my mates and I've been like, I could have been doing YouTube here. Like this was, this was just not worth it. But I understand it's part and parcel of me reintegrating myself into society because I came back from India and we were, we were like in a lockdown mm. kind of like things weren't open really. And then obviously we went into this, we went into this beast of a lockdown afterwards. And like, I, I got, I'm real easy. I don't need to see people. Sure. It, there's, there's a, there's a necessary requirement as a creator. You need to understand the pain points of people. So I need to have conversations with people. I need to understand, like, do you actually understand the things that I'm educating you on? Is it good? Which sometimes you can't get over a Instagram questions poll. It doesn't work because people just type something. They're like, yeah, okay, cool, send. But when you look into their eyes and you look at their facial expressions, you're like, actually, you don't understand that. You're just saying, yeah, for the sake of saying, yeah. And, you know, people can comment on something, but it doesn't mean that they've watched the video. doesn't mean that they've actually listened to the post because consciously listening and actually listening and listening, listening are two different things. So I'm in, a, I'm in a weird spot right now where I'm trying to figure out how to navigate this landscape of coming out of lockdown and, you know, where is the social life going to be? Or do I put in the work needed to be put in and go ham on and lean into this YouTube, lean into this podcast? Because How bad do you really want it? Oh, I want it bad. And don't get me wrong, I can put in the work. But at the same time, I know that I live for speaking to people. I live, I live, I'm, I'm at my best self when I'm talking to others and having conversations because I enjoy that. Now it's a matter of picking and choosing the right energies. And it's just a learning curve. It's just a learning curve. I know it is. It's just one of those things that is something that I don't want to dive into. Like this time, this week I've been out three times. Whoa, headspace is all over the place. I know that, you know, I'm probably have to scale back, go, go to maybe once a week. And then kind of scale it from there as I get more productive. I thought in India, when I was starting this whole content creation journey, I thought that, you know, there's this practice. I, you know what, actually, Jay talks about this in this book, in his book. He's like, everything we did in the ashram was practice for the real world, right? Uh, the meditation, the, uh, the mindfulness, the, uh, the seva, right? Which is, you know, the equivalent of charity work. All of that was practice for when you come back and you reintegrate into society, into Western society, normal society, normal society, inverted commas. It's practice for that. My time in India content creating in this bubble that was lockdown was the same concept. I came back mm. and I still haven't come out of that because I didn't have a job for three months when I came back. And now I've got a job. Oh, I, I didn't have a job for three months and I thought I had, I had this shit on lock. I was so wrong. Boy, it used to take me like at least like a week to edit one video. Now, okay, give me three days. Give me two days and I'm good. And I'm still, I'm still getting better. You're still learning. You're still learning. But now it's like you've got the social life coming back in. And I'm like, okay, we need to figure this out again. And um, it's just a matter of, of me finding the balance. The balance, the life-life balance. Not the work-life balance, the life-life balance. Because I live for this stuff. This is me. This is me now. All of this stuff is me. Me talking it's to you. It's what you want though, though. It's, it, it's what gets me going. It's what I live for. Conversations like this, where we can dive into some of the experiences that you've had, the experiences that I've had. It's this shit I live for. You doing something fucking extraordinary and you're a normal human being. You're an absolutely normal human being, just like everyone else. But you are doing something extraordinary. You are human. At a human level, we're all identical. Almost all identical, right? At an atomic level, we're all identical. But you're doing something extraordinary. You're pushing your needle forward. 
You're pushing your family's needle forward. You're pushing your friend's needle forward. You're pushing your client's needle forward. And that's what I love about what you do. And I do something very similar. And, you know, it's not competitive. We're not sitting here like scheming about how I, how I can uh, I can outdo you in the work that you do, how I, my, poor, my, poor, my podcast can outperform your podcast. Bro, I've never even looked at my analytics. <laughs> I don't know how many people listen to this. I check the YouTube once in a while. Okay. Right, I know that I'm gonna have to get to 150 plus videos for it to even make some traction. Yeah. And so it's it's beautiful when you talk to someone they're as passionate about you and they're in a similar field. They they're doing something very similar and you're like, I just want what's best for you. Exactly. And so what when, when you said right there, right now, that you went out three times this week, right? If you really enjoy that, it's just how do you incorporate that into it? Because you shouldn't really do things. Like if you have to punish yourself to not do the things you want, there's all, there's, there's a level of sacrifice where sometimes you have to put in hours and work. But if you really want to go out three times a week and you really miss your friends or whatever it is that you've been doing, bro, like you don't need to go back to once because you want to do free. So why are you doing something you need to do when really and truly what you want to do is spend some more time out? What you could do differently is maybe not get yourself smashed or maybe cut that. down on where you go. Or yeah. <laughs> maybe it's just having a chilled one rather than actually going full ham. Like it's, those are different things that can turn up. If it's going to not affect you the next day and you're able to still be productive and get those videos out, why can't you do free? And it's just a matter of, for me, it's a matter of just being more productive, refining that, that, refining that productive workflow because it's constantly being iterated upon, right? If mm. I was to go full time at this moment in time, I would have so much time on my hands, I wouldn't even know what to do. So that's that's my case as well. I've realized that some of my clients, they work full time, but they can only speak to me in the evening. When I've got clients in America, yo, I'm hours ahead of them, so I can only speak to them in the evening. So I'm just thinking throughout the day, I could probably use this time a bit better. But what does that mean? Do I go into a full time role? Well, I don't want to do, and this is something that's been playing on my mind very recently. I don't want to go back into a role where it's something I'm doing just for the sake of it. I'd rather do something that's going to fill me with a bit more joy. So if it was, let's say, um, I really loved when I was working on my placement year, I did like analytics where I just did forecasting and shit. So fun. I really enjoy that kind of side of industry work. So that could this be is, an this area. Is, this is finance because I know you studied an economics yeah, yeah, degree. Yeah. All right, yeah. we, we're going to send you some job applications. We're getting you into crypto. That's it. That's <laughs> it. But honestly, like that kind of that kind of stuff, like I'm intrigued by it because I, I love that area of work. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't go back into an, like a, an audit role or anything like that. Like, I just haven't got time for it. But at the same time, I'm also looking at it, well, pretty. how could you feel that time throughout the day? Or what are you doing right now? Well, I wake up around eight o'clock. I'm going to sleep around 12. I get myself my eight hours sleep. I work out and I'm starting my day at 12. And in that time, what are you doing? If you're not having a coaching call, what are you doing? I'm creating content. Mm -hmm. I am um, educating myself. I'm mm -hmm. doing the course. Could I do any of that extra stuff if I was working full time? Probably not. So what's more worth it to you right now? And it's all about what's more worth it to you. You know, right now, things are good. Things are gravy. I'm not complaining. Again, if things got bad, fine. But why am I thinking so negatively? Why don't I think more positively? If I want to get more clients coming in, if I want to start group coaching, if I want to do workshops, I want to do webinars, I want to take my website to a new level, I want to do YouTube. Well, when am I going to find that time? Well, I do have the time right now. Why don't I utilize it? Exactly. Yeah, that? That, is the, that is the same thing that I came to when I was, when I was out of a job. 
I thought to myself, this is practice for when the job starts. And exactly. it's never, it's never going to be perfect. You're never, ever going to have this seamless transition because the commitment of a nine to five, of working a traditional career, a traditional job, whatever it might be, it comes with a whole different headspace that you've got to deal with. Exactly. You've got to deal with exactly. completely, completely different people that don't always understand what you do. Like every time I go into the office for my job, people ask me like, oh, like how, how's the thing you're doing? And I'm like, yeah, it's good. I, I've, I've done this, this and this today. And they look at me and they're like, I don't actually understand what you do. And you can see it in their eyes. I don't understand what you do, but I think it's cool. I just, I, I could never do it. And I'm like, yeah, you can. You just, you just, you just need a little bit of oomph. You just need a little bit of wanting it. But Bro, it's not for everyone. This content creation business isn't for everyone. Mate, I'll tell you something very personal. Yesterday, my sister's just finally started listening to my podcast episodes, right? And I'm cooking my dinner and she came down. She said, I just want to say one thing to you. And she's younger than me, right? She says, I'm so proud of you for what you're doing. I'm thinking, huh? And we never like give each other compliments like that, right? And she was like, all this time I felt like, because you're at home and I, I know a side of you, but like you talk a lot of shit and you're always trying to help us and stuff like that, but you just talk shit and stuff. Oh, she says, but, but hearing you on this podcast and hearing what you're trying to do for people and how you help them, and even with the conversations, you're not even coaching them right now. I can see the real value and what you're trying to bring to the table. And I just okay. want to say I'm proud of you. And honestly, that's phenomenal. Mate, I, I, I felt so warm and giddy. I gave her a hug and I'm thinking, this is crazy right now because it's taken me, let's say, 10 months for you to actually see why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I'm not here to do it for you. I don't care. But the fact that you now see it, yo, I've got another supporter in my corner right now. I love it. And it's always good to have that. You know, like, I always tell them I'm very emotionally intelligent. I, like, I can read things. You lot don't see what I'm seeing. Now that she can start seeing what I'm seeing a bit more, it's, it's phenomenal. And when more and more people say that to me, pre, you should not go back into a full-time job. You need to make it work. Have you seen the show Billions? Yeah, Bobby Axelrod, so you, right? Yeah, so you know the lady. I don't know her name. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. She's the, but she, the psychiatrist, basically, for the firm. Bro, that was the dream. When I was working in my accounting firm, I thought, if I did something like this where I just help motivate the staff, I know I could make a big difference. And so now getting to coaching, I'm thinking, well, if I can get a few gigs like that where I go in and do motivational talks and stuff like that, bro, it'd be good because I love the way I speak. I love the way I talk to people. I'm not, I'm not got the best English, you know? And I do bring a lot of fire when I do my visualizations in the morning and I close my eyes and I see myself on stage and I'm talking to thousands of people and I'm just like fully pumped and I'm swearing. I don't care. I don't care. I'm in my element. And when you tell me right now that you're in a position where you're doing your nine to five and I can see how much energy you are putting into your platforms. Mm -hmm. I can see it transitioning, but it means fuck all to you start seeing that it can transition. And when you're ready to take that risk, bro, that's when you may want to get yourself a coach to make sure you make sure everything works out the way you really want it to work out. Yeah. It's, it's something that's on the horizon. You know what? I'm, when it happens, I will probably make a YouTube video about it because that's kind of where the headspace is for the YouTube. Everything that, that goes on in my life is just a way of documenting it. And this isn't my words. This was just taken from someone else. Like Gary Vee basically said, document. Start by documenting. Don't create content. Just start by documenting your life, the things that you're doing. This is part and parcel of this ordinary experience and the platform that this is, is documenting my thoughts, documenting your thoughts. And that way we've got this episode frozen in time 
And that way, in you know, 20 years, 30 years time, when our relationship offline has developed, we can look back on this and be like, yo, we really did that then? Like, well, and let's we, do it. And, let, we, and we look like this shit, bro. What's going on? <laughs> hey, look, I'm not going to age, man. The beard's just going to get it. whiter. You're going to lose That's your hair. It. That's <laughs> it, mate. Once it goes, bro, it's gone, bro. I'm joining the hype, bro. I'm joining the club. It's uh, you actually, you know what? That that's a real, real good point to, to to talk about. I had someone reach out to me on Instagram, and they he said he was like, I I like what you're doing. I've we went to the same university together. I'd love to to pick your brain on your your baldness journey, your hair loss journey, because for me it sucks right now. And I was like, for me, I beat baldness to the punch. I knew it was going to happen. I knew. Because I, I had, have you seen a picture of me with hair? I'll send you a photo, or I might, I might put it up here on the uh, on the YouTube when this pops up. But I had a full head of hair, like locks. It was beautiful in terms of hair. It was gorgeous. Like ah, I had a jawline. I, there is a jawline underneath this, and <laughs> I flicked it back in year eleven. So it went from this forward hairstyle to to you know obviously you get the the, the flick the over. over. Yeah, similar to a comb over, and it would like it would it would it basically became wavy hair, like there were waves in it. It's phenomenal. And slowly, slowly, I started getting these devil's horns. Slowly, oh, they shit. just they just started etching their their uh, their presence into my head, and I was like, okay, so how how am I going to deal with this? And I think it was my second year. I came back, and it was going. It was not gone, but it was thinning at this front. I was just like, screw this, go one over the top. Or was it a two over the top? Just dealt with it. And I let it grow back and it's never been the same since. And so um, during lockdown in India, it just progressively got shorter. So I started, at, I think I, I started at a two all over, no fade. Um, and then I went, down to a, I went down to a one with a slight fade. And then I went to a 0.5. And then I was just like, screw this, I'm just gonna get the razor. And now it's every two days. I've cut my head so many times, but there are perks to the baldness. And one of those things is that if you are talking to people that are older than you, when I told you I was 23, you were like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, no, honestly, I was, I was fucked. You're right? talking shit, mate. <laughs> because it's, it, it puts you, it, when visually people see you, they don't think you're 23. They think you're like, oh, this dude's like, you know, he's 28, 29, blah, blah, blah. And it puts you into rooms and it puts you into conversations in a different manner, which has its benefits and also it also doesn't i use it to my benefit when people talk to me they don't talk to me as if i'm like a 20 year old they talk to me like i'm a 30 year old sometimes that so, was me that so was it's me. useful it's useful it gets you into places it, it makes you meet people like my uh i did it i did a stint at investment banking three years on the trot it was like a week um up in london and i would go in and these guys would ask me like oh how old are you i'd be like i'm 16 I'm, I'm, I'm 15, I'm 16. And they'd be like, what? And this is when I had hair. And they were like, what? And I'm like, yeah, like, I'm just, I'm just doing work experience. They're like, okay, we thought you were like 25, 26. And I'm like, whoa, no, this ain't, this, I'm not that old yet. And it became this thing of wanting to be older. Now I'm very comfortable because I don't age. I'm not going to age for like probably a good 10, 15 years. I'm just stuck like this. I just got to get a little bit of mass on me. But I'm stuck in this in this image of myself. And I was wondering, like, for you, knowing at some point that it's going to go, I see the thinning, mate. I see the thinning. Bro, some... bro, honestly, my hair has been thin from, like, the age since, like, year seven. Like, I, 
this is a fucked up thing and I want to touch base into this as well. Uh, I used to have my hair all spiked up. Yeah, people, yeah, I used to have the same, but it's like the, people, the straight spikes, right? The really that's hard it, ones. Yeah. And people used to say to me, bro, we can see your head. And they used to call me like Old Man Patel. Back at school, I used to get called Old Man Patel. And I'm thinking, bro, bro, I've got spiky hair. What are you on about? Kind of thing. And it well, okay, hold on. But before, before you go on, was it the spiky hair at the back, like the straight at the front, like this? Not, yeah, yeah, little fringe, <laughs> spikes all down here, down here. Bro, it was everywhere, bro. Gel was being used. And it's because my dad's got thin hair, so my grandparents have thin hair. So my barbers have always said, nah, bro, your hair's not actually like there's not a problem it's just very thin it's just not thick and um at school that used to bother me big time hmm. and so like i think at uni i then i still had the spikes but i tried to like keep it kind of like short until it didn't look thin and then i did the comb over and i realized that it just wasn't working so i've just gone for the bit of drizzy right now but one thing i want to touch base on there is caring about what people think mm-hmm. i cared so much about what people thought i agree back then i was the same exactly the same I, but I said it to myself so much that I, I don't care what you think, but it was only a, like a defense for that. Exactly. The defensive mode, you're there just to say it, but deep down you feel it because when you're alone, you look at yourself in the mirror and you're thinking, shit, man, this ain't, maybe they're right. And I know from, I know for a while now, it used to bother me with my hair thickness. And I thought to myself, you know what? Fuck it, man. I don't give a shit, man. You know what? Well, no, I'm, I'm perfect. I'm perfect the way I am. You have a like me or you don't. I don't give a shit, man. Like, I know, I, I, I know within me, there's not sound big headed. I know I'm a good looking man. I don't care whether you agree with me or not. You know, I get spots on my faces. I get blackheads. My beard sometimes grows a bit long. I've got a white one in here somewhere hiding. You just can't see it because it's covered up. Easy, you know, I don't that give oil, a G. shit. I don't get, mate, oil, cream, the lot, man. We're ready for it. But like my arms get hairy at times. My legs used to be hairy. I don't give a shit, man. Like, fuck that. I'm so happy the way I am. Mm-hmm. I'm so blessed with the way I am. Those opinions back then used to affect me, make me go about life a certain way. And I wasn't about that. Now I do things for me because I want to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's been such a big transformational change. So when you talked about going bold, I'm like, when I feel that it's going, because right now, like you said, you had the devils, right? Mm. I've got a decent, like, my, I've got three things. You, you got, I, you got nice. You got a nice little uh, hairline. Nice little there. shape up still. But I know, like, over here, if it starts to, like, go further back, I'm thinking, you know what? Man, man, I gotta get rid of this. It's gone. Whoosh. I'm done with it. That's it, mate. And grow this out a bit more. We'll see what happens. But It's a nice length. Think. It's a good length. Mine's a little, it's, mine's a little, it needs to be trimmed and stuff. It's getting a little crazy right now. But... Yeah, man, it's, it's such a big thing. So how did you shift that? Let me ask you the question. Okay, how did I how shift did that? How did you shift that when you stopped caring? Well... Because you're 23 and you're bald. Yeah, I'm bald. I'm, I'm bald, bald. Like, it, it, it grows, but it doesn't grow. Like, it for me, the reason I went bald is because my hair hurts. So every day I'd wake up and I'd be... It'd be like someone was yanking every single hair follicle and trying to mm. pull it out of my head. I don't know what it was i don't know if it's psychosomatic i don't know i don't know it's not clinically proven to be anything yeah i didn't go to a doctor's for it i just went okay so what's the easiest way to fix this shave it off so i before i left for india um so i came back from my european road trip and that was that was basically like that was a one haircut in in uh, over the course of about four months so it grew out. It didn't grow long. It had been short anyway, and it, and it grew. Came back from my graduation, got a trim, and then continued on the road trip. Got back to the UK, got a trim. And just before we left, I was very worried about how I was going to deal with my hair, and more specifically, my beard, while I was out in India. 
Because like the hair, it, it will grow, but the beard, it's, it's a work of art. So I just, I went down to a one, uh, a, a 1.5 or a one, just straight all over, no fade. And just, and I think it's on a, there's a YouTube video. My, one of my first ones is me on that trip to India, the starting point. And while I was out there, because I was by myself all the time, like when people, people ask me about my India trip, I, the, the gravitas of the situation that I was in, being alone, alone on the other side of the world and choosing that and not having anyone my age to, to really kind of banter with uh, in person allows me to spend time and dissect myself. And at the end of the day, it got to a point where I was like, yo, I can go for a fade because uh, the fade grows back really fast when you've got short hair. Like you grow out of it super fast, um, especially with my hair. And I was like, I'm going for a trim every week. It's costing me, it's costing me like, okay, sure, it's costing me five pounds. Fine, it's India. But when I get back to the UK, I ain't gonna have that kind of money to spend. So actually, in a way, for me, it was a financial decision. Like, it's cheaper for me to go bald than it is to get a fade every week. And I know that I can manage the baldness for myself and then I just got to deal with the beard. And so I learned to deal with the beard. And you know, during lockdown, you've got to think in 3D. And me and my dad figured that out. Um, and now he doesn't touch my beard because I know he'll just like zap it and just you take a chunk off and I'll be like, oh, great, here we go. Got to shave it all off again. Um, but yeah, it was partly financial decision and partly I got to a point where I just didn't give a fuck. So what I heard here in all of this was that you, you went to India and I think one thing which I feel from the India trip for you has done for you is it took all that judgment mm -hmm. and that cloud of negativity of what people may have said and you put it away. Now, some people call that escape. Maybe you escape from the situation. Because I'm I here. Maybe... I'm, I'm here sitting, having this conversation. So it's not me escaping. Exactly. So that's the thing. You went away to reflect and now you've come back to face it and you've come back facing it thinking you've just walked through this cloud of judgment. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm old and I'm proud of it kind of thing. You know, I'm good with it. And it is, I think it's, that's it's an very amazing transformation. Absolutely. It is different seeing it on an Instagram post than it is to seeing it in person. Because when someone looks at you and you notice they're looking at your head and dude, my head shines. Shine. You got the marlin. You got the, the light on the marlin. Come right. on, G. And like I put, I put oil on it, like and whatever. Um, but it's part and parcel of who I am now, right? I, I, about a month ago, I had a bald meme channel start following me on Instagram. And I was like, I know at some point I'm gonna be on here because he basically screenshots creators, bald creators, yeah. and he makes memes out of it. I find it hilarious, but um, and it's all it's all in in good faith. Like I find it, most people find it funny, but I just got to a point where I don't I don't really mind. You can think about me, and I I tell you there's something I'd like to talk about, and maybe you could I could get your opinion on this as well. I was on a clubhouse room, and someone asked me like, "How has it been like finding girls?" And, and meeting people like what do women think of it and i'm like oh okay that's an interesting one because they haven't really been on the horizon for me for the last year and a half i haven't really dabbled in that um sure i'll shoot my shot wherever it needs to be shot you know 2021 for me was um all gas no brakes like there's nothing i don't need to okay right, i'm not i'm not taking the mick out of the the singles room but i don't need one of those to shoot my shot Do right i slide into dms wherever i need to slide into dms Right. And if I want to go out for a coffee and, eat and it does or it doesn't turn out into something, fine. No issue. At least I made a friend. Right. There's nothing that I want. I need this thing. But 
I'd never considered it from that perspective of someone looking at me and being like, yo, he doesn't have hair, but he's really, really nice. And I was like, but I, I'd want to find someone that sees past the hair. I can grow it back. Exactly I'm not going to like that. it. I'm not going to like growing it back, but it can grow. And if I, if I ever feel comfortable doing that and I want to go down that path, and I said to Musin, um, there is a figure in my head. If you hit that many likes on a video that we do together, I'll shave the beard off and I'll grow the hair back. But for me, it was very much like I don't like it. Like I was saying, I, you need to see me. You need to see past all of this. You need to see the work ethic. You need to see the fact that I put in the work to be the best version of myself. I fail at it every single day, right? Just like everyone else does. But you know what? I get small little wins in as well. And amidst all this, I need you to love me for me. I need you exactly. to like me for me. Not for my appearance. Part and parcel plays into it. I am a good-looking guy. Don't get me wrong. I know I look good, right? I've got, I've got the nice little slit that isn't, that isn't um, that shaped in. It's, it's an actual scar. You know, the beard comes in thick in the summer, right? The baldness, okay, cool. I can just go get a tan and the whole thing tans. Like, it's nice, right? You catch a nice amount of sun. You know, you got this, this beautiful skin going on here. And I'm comfortable. I'm getting comfortable with my own skin. It's just a daily thing. But like the appearance doesn't really mean that much. I know I know I like fashion, so I like to hold myself in a certain way. But what's it been like for you as as a well let's let's talk about you and being brown and, and, and women and, and things like that. What's that been like? Um, I think I kind of echo exactly what you're saying, bro. Like for me, having that transformation and especially like being on dating apps, being on and off it, etc you have to get past the picture first and if i've had i'm very comfortable jumping on a facetime and speaking to someone i can admit when i'm looking at bad but for me exactly what you said if you can't like me at my worst you don't deserve to see me at my best and that's that's something i i, I say loud and proud you know like when my beard was like up to here bro and my hair was all back and i was putting a hairband in like over the last few months like but i was still talking to girls I, I this is what i'm looking like right now you don't want to see me on FaceTime, trust me, it's not the site, but I've, I'm, I'm not afraid to show you who I am. And I feel there, I back my own source, right? I back my own source. I believe in myself and it's okay. You know, I've learned that I'm not everyone's cup of tea and you're not going to like me. It's fine. You may like someone who hasn't got earrings or they're top of the ears piss or someone who doesn't have tattoos or you know, you may want someone who's got a dad bod and not someone who's quite fitness orientated or you might want someone smaller or taller. Like, it's totally cool. You know, I know what I bring to the table. I know who I am as a person and that's fine. You know, go go, go do you. It's totally cool. I'm going to just do me, you know. And I think for me throughout this process, I think over like the last year and a half um, of, like say, dating per mm. se, just been going with the flow. Like, I don't, I'm, you can't really do much, let's be honest, with the pandemic and everything going, you can't really go out and meet people, um, albeit like there are people breaking rules, etc. For me, it's just not been, um, not been in that mind frame to like fuck around, to be honest, purely based on the fact that I've just been so invested in my coaching and my own personal growth. Something else, something else has taken over that, that, that area, you know, before it was a want and a need to like just go abroad, enjoy yourself, um, to have a girlfriend, to be in a nice place. But for me right now, romance is not on my list of priorities. And I might be getting older, but my my business is just starting. 
and I'm so invested in doing the things I really love right now, like having a PT and a coach, I'm more invested to spend two hours in the gym if necessary right now, now that they open, because I want to look good for myself. Fuck the results after that. If it means that not going on a date or not necessarily doing something that I, I, I could do, it's fine. Do the things you want to do. Mm. So it's about, it's about like what you told me before about your priorities. I've just shifted mine right now. Don't get me wrong. I'm having conversations and I'm speaking to people and I'm doing it at my pace. And I just make sure they're comfortable that I'm doing it at my pace. You know, I'm going at it at my flow. Um, I'm still healing. I'm still going through my own process of growing internally. And when I'm at a place where I want to settle down, cool. But for the time being, I'm quite comfortable where I am. And I'm more than happy to get to know and see where it goes. If anything like blossoms from it, fantastic. I'll be a fool to turn it down. But I'm going to just keep doing me. And that's that. And I feel that's a philosophy I now take with me in not just rom romance in particular, but other areas of life. You know, with work, getting into a full-time job or a permanent role, well, I'm going to just do me. You know, right now, I want to make sure coaching is, I put all my energy into it. And financially, I'm thinking, look, well, with the way the market is, it might be a good time to, like, get yourself a job and just get a property if you really want it. I don't know, like, I could earn some good money if I get myself a full-time role right now. Like, it could be something to think about. Can I really go travel the way I want to travel right now? Probably not. So do you want to waste that time? Could you be using it more efficiently? And this is another thing that I talked about, like not caring about what people think. I put all my eggs into in this one basket and becoming a coach right now. Mm. And part of my ego and pride used to get in the way thinking, well, pretty, if you go back into a full-time role, what are people going to think? If you're a seller, you went back for the money. No, not really. In this moment in time, I want to coach. And I've realized that if coaching isn't giving me the financial reward like say exactly a job could do or if it's a more of a tactical decision where both combine together and i can make it work i'm gonna run for me what man i've got a qualification would you want to do? not use it like if i want to use it i'll use it and if, what, what i want to do is what i want to do i don't have to listen to you you know like it is what it, if i'm fulfilled having a full-time job and coaching at the same time and doing my Instagram and having my clubhouse chats and whatever it is I'm doing. If I'm fulfilled, your opinion is fuck all. Your opinion is fuck all. Your opinion is an opinion. It's not a fact. Game over. Move on. I like that. I like that. You know what? That's a beautiful way to kind of like wrap this up. And before I do, there is something that I'd like to spring upon our guests that I don't, that I don't tell them about. It's nothing crazy. It's just a little piece. And what it is, is Obviously, we we're all all about the ordinary experience and the platform is sharing experiences, getting really deep and sometimes surface level into things. And one thing I like to do, I've started doing, is asking the people that come on, who do you want to see on the ordinary experience next? Who's someone that you know, someone that you think would be need to tell a story, has some insightful knowledge that you know they feel that you feel needs to be shared, that you know whether it's for their own personal benefit of getting over a, a hump or whether it's someone that's actually done something that you think is extraordinary? Um, I'm not sure if I've interviewed her already. Nikita? Nikita, the Naked Laundry Nadler. Nikita. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was supposed to be on last week's, but I've got to reschedule her. Nikita is a shout um i'm getting her on most definitely give me another one so basically he's my boy in it 
and I'm going to bring him on my podcast. I've already said this to him, but he's probably one of the kindest persons I have ever met on Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. And I'm only saying him purely based on the fact that he's such a sweet lad and he's a real gent and his story is truly inspiring. Like he's gone through his own tough challenges. Avi, you know, Avi Root? Avi I have Avi, Avi TV. No, not Avi TV. Avi TV is a good shout too. Okay. I'm talking about, uh, I'll, I'll send you his details. Like honestly. Okay, cool. He's, he's my bro. And I've only met him through Clubhouse and I went to go play cricket with him once um, a couple of weeks ago. And he said, come down to the nets. Mate, like when I say like a top, top lad, top, top lad, and I've got a lot of time and respect for him. So I know I'm bringing him onto mine because I want him to share a story and get yeah. unfiltered. But I think um, you definitely have a great conversation with him. I think yeah, you'd really okay, love cool. it. That's calm by me. I'll reach out to him. That's perfect, man. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you taking the time out. I know, you know, he gets busy doing coaching and taking on that responsibility. But thank you very much for filling in this week. It's all good, bro. It's all good. It's always a pleasure. And I'll see you soon, yeah? In person. Definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely.